Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I am joined by Brandon Deutsch. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Excited for the finals. Glad we didn't have a week absent of <laughs> basketball, but uh, it's almost full-on baseball season once the NHL and, and NBA are completed. And then we look toward football season. Crazy how time flies. You know? Know. Uh, crazy time for uh, South Florida, basically, you know, to their teams, low seed, eight seeds going all the way to the finals. Florida Panthers will be playing the Vegas Golden Knights in the Stanley Cup final. And the Miami Heat will be playing the Denver Nuggets. Brandon, we got to really talk about that uh, that amazing uh, conference finals. The Boston Celtics down 3-0. Not only down 3-0, the way they lost that game three, it looked like that was going to be a, a sweep. Again, blown out in game three. Joe, Joe Mazzula effectively hinting maybe he had lost to the locker room. Um, and then they go on to win three straight have a game seven on the parquet in Boston and, you know, Paul Pierce's courtside, Rajon Rondo's courtside. I mean, they, they felt it. They felt it. This was about to be history. In the same city that the Boston Red Sox came back from 3-0 down against the Yankees, the New England Patriots came back from 28-3 to down to the Falcons in the Super Bowl. This was supposed to be a bit of complete. This was, uh, this was, they, they just had to roll out the ball and play. Uh, uh, not according to Jimmy Butler. Uh, a lot of, uh, a lot was made about, you know, uh, the Heat already had a flight, uh, booked to Denver for game one of the finals. But, um, this one wasn't even close. Uh, basically a 20 point blowout in the fourth quarter. Jimmy Butler coming up big. Brandon, as you look at the series, you know, before we touch on game seven, I mean, for a team to come back the way that they did, I don't know. It's kind of almost worse to lose that way. Like if, if they had just gotten swept and lost game four to the Heat and that would have been it. Uh, I mean, they like again, they all thought they were going to come back again. You win three straight. Really decisively, by the way. And by the way, except for Game Six, that was a a, a crazy uh, you know comeback there. But um, to have that Game Seven on your home court and to lose in the fashion that they did, put that into context. I mean, one of the crazier. You don't want to call it a choke job, but I mean, you you work so hard to to have that Game Seven at home, and then you lose it in the way that they did, getting blown out. 
Yeah, uh, you know, America won yesterday. I'll say that first. Anytime Boston loses, we love that. It's almost as sweet as a Laker as a Lakers win. I agree. Um, yeah. I thought Boston was going to come back and win that game. I think most people did. They were minus three fifty at the books, and a lot of money came came on on the Heat before game time, and it was only about minus two twenty for the Celtics at that time, plus one seventy for the Heat, or one sixty, whatever, one eighty. Um, but it originally started plus three hundred, just about for the Heat. Like most people, the money was coming in on the Celtics. They had just, you know, the Derek White, all the momentum. I don't think anybody re- like really thought the Heat would come in after losing three straight and, um, you know, go win game seven. But I don't think anybody thought Boston would win three straight after the way they looked the first three games. So it was an unexpected series. And this is great for basketball. Anybody that says like, oh, you know, I wanted Celtics Lakers. Cool. I mean, like Caleb Martin didn't have a job a couple of years ago. He needed Jay Cole to call Karan Butler to even get a workout with the Miami Heat. Yeah. So the Celtics fans can thank Jay Cole for their season ending because Caleb Martin should have been the MVP of that series. I know Jimmy was great the first three games, but Butler was the most consistent. I feel like there's the clout, uh, the clout thing. Like Butler is more clout. He's more of a brand name. So they wanted to give. They, I feel like they were concerned about giving a, a new minted award to a guy like Caleb Martin when it's yeah. been Jason Tatum and then Jokic and Steph and the other conference. Then you have Caleb Martin and people would be like, well, what the heck is this? Right. But I think Martin, I mean, the guy can't miss what a great story. Um, you know, it just epitomizes heat culture. They get all these undrafted guys, turn them into stars. They're grit and grinders. And you can't really count them out. Even against Denver, who yeah. obviously should be favored can't count him out, but uh, glad Boston lost. But I think Missoula saved his job. I think so, too. And by the way, how how perfect was it? I mean, not only did the Heat go into Boston on the parquet and win, they get the Bob Cousy, which is which is the new name for the conference championship trophy. And then Jimmy Butler gets the Larry Bird trophy, which goes to the conference uh, finals, most valuable player. But by the way... This is a hockey tradition. I was very, it was very cool to see Jimmy Butler not touch the uh, trophies. Um, you know, listen, some people forget they were in the finals in 2020, pushed the Lakers to game six. Uh, they, they want it. They, they want to win at this point. Uh, so they're not just happy that they beat the Celtics. What an amazing run, Brandon. Again, this was a, a, a play-in team. They lost the first play-in tournament game to the Hawks. They had to come from behind in the fourth quarter to beat the Chicago Bulls in the second play-in game. They go up against the Bucks, the top seed in the league, beat them, beat the Knicks when, I mean, the, New York was going crazy over the Knicks. They thought this was their year. They go in to beat the Knicks. Then they go in to beat the Celtics, the number two seed in the league. Uh, put this run into context. I mean, again, first ever play-in tournament team to go to the final. Second time that the final seed, the, 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 the uh, um, eighth seed, is going to the finals. Uh, this is an incredible run. Yeah, and look, I mean, it was crazy. The Bulls were a few minutes away from beating them in the second play-in game. And people forget the Hawks beat the yeah. Heat in the first playing game, um, and I, you know, I said I said this on on TikTok as well. Um, the Heat, I mean, Jimmy Butler was walking off the court in Orlando in frustration a month before the playoffs. He was fed up with this team. They had lost a lot of games. This wasn't a typical, you know, the one seed that the previous year. This was a team that dealt with a lot, um, that lost a lot, was inconsistent all year. But what stayed consistent is their defense, and we talked about it thousand times are off about defense wins championships 
they were able to match up defensively and lean on Butler um, in that Milwaukee series and the Knicks series and lean on Martin and Vincent in this series against, you know, and Butler, of course, um, in, in the series against Boston. I, I think it's more when you have a team that was the one seed the previous year and has that type of experience, it's different because no other uh, you know eight seed is probably over the next couple of years, unless the Lakers are an eight seed or the Celtics or you know, the Nuggets, unless a team like that who has previous experience is an eight seed, it's very unlikely that we see another team, you know, make this run that Miami did. And I think that's only because of their previous experience. They've been in the Eastern Conference Finals three of the last four years, right? So that is something that helps. They're not a typical eight seed. They had the talent to be much more than that. Yeah. The Denver Nuggets, as you mentioned, uh, Brandon, they are the heavy favorites. Uh, And again, they, they probably should be uh, listen, at the end of the day, if the Nuggets go on to win their first championship, again, this is their first finals appearance, no one's going to be really harping on their pathway. At the end of the day, people remember whether you won or you lost. And for Nikola Jokic, if he wins a championship, all of his great performances in the regular season will have a little bit more clout to them. That being said, Brandon, I want to get your thoughts here. They would have the the simplest in terms of seeding pathway towards the final again the the, the eight seeded minnesota timberwolves in round one the four seeded suns in round uh two the seven seeded lakers in the conference finals and now the eight seeded miami heat in the nba finals no team has had a pathway like that and by the way they play who is in front of them that, uh, you know, they'll, they'll play the Celtics. They'll play the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, the fact of the matter is they're playing the team in the Miami heat that beat Milwaukee, that beat Boston. But when you look at that pathway, the eight seed, the four seed, the seven seed, and then the eight seed again, does that at all diminish this run? If the Denver Nuggets do go on to win the whole thing. You know, I don't think so, Arash. I think that the teams they beat, the Lakers proved they were the second-best team in the Western Conference. They beat the Warriors. They would have beaten, you know, the Suns, in my opinion, as well. And, you know, they would have beaten the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, right? So, or the Timberwolves. They beat the Timberwolves, right? Um, So, I think the Lakers proved a lot. They were much better than a seven seed after the trade deadline. They were one of the best teams in the NBA. We saw that. Uh, Minnesota, I mean, that was a team that a lot of people picked as a top four seed. They faced them uh, in the first round. Uh, Anthony Edwards was great. Cat was pretty good. That's a tough matchup. Phoenix, I mean, they had Booker and KD, and they were on a historic offensive run. They had no depth, and we knew that would come back to bite them at some point, but that was still a tough series to win. And now you face Miami. Uh, I mean, this is going to be a very physical series. You know, Jokic is going to, ha- he's going to play great. Um, I'm a little concerned about Jamal Murray. I know he's played great, um, you know, against the Lakers, against the Suns, but the Heat have some physical guys they can put on him and give him problems. I feel like the Lakers a lot of times were soft and didn't do that. Um, you know, Vanderbilt didn't play much. He was one of their only physical defenders. Schroeder's too small to guard Murray. So in Russell, you know, he can't guard a parked car, so you couldn't have put him on Murray. So I do think Murray and Michael Porter Jr. are going to struggle uh, a couple games in this series. I know we were accustomed to seeing Denver shoot 50%, whatever, from the floor, from three. I mean, they couldn't miss in that series against the Lakers. Miami had a top five defense in the league, right? And like I mentioned, 14 of the last 15 champions, top uh, 10, 11 defense in the NBA. The only other team was the Warriors 
with Kevin Durant in his first year, uh, where their offense was so good, they uh, they didn't need the defense, right? That could be the similar thing with the Nuggets because 15th in defensive rating. Now it would be 14 of the last 16 if the Nuggets win the championship because they were 15th in defensive rating. But like that Warriors team with Kevin Durant, this is arguably one of the best offenses we've seen since that team. In the, in the summer, Brandon, you do a great job with, you know, looking at where teams are with their cap, what they can and they can't do. This will be a big offseason for the Boston Celtics. Again, Jalen Brown, um, you know, listen, if you're the Celtics, you have to bring him back. But he is in line to become the highest paid player in the league, in league history. And, you know, so in one hand, you got to find a way to bring him back in on the other hand. I, I don't know if you want to make him the highest paid player in league history uh he is favored to go back at plus 200 you know when you when you look at teams that he could potentially go to right behind them are the houston rockets where his former coach i mean doka is that at uh they they are plus 400 if you're the celtics if you're brad stevens what do you do here um what I personally would do is trade him. Um, for one thing, as good as Brown is, he doesn't deserve to be the highest paid player in basketball. Um, and he will be if if they do indeed give him that extension because he made the All-NBA second team. I think it was twice and is uh, a little bit older than Tatum. He's eligible for that five-year, $295 million super max, which would be about $60 million a year. Wow. Uh, I don't think anybody deserves $60 million a year to play basketball. Not even LeBron. LeBron didn't get it. He gets 46. Uh, Jokic doesn't get it. He's getting about 48. Uh, Brown doesn't deserve 60 million. And that is the reason why I would trade him. Because I think even though it gives you a window over the next couple of years, um, because you'll have to give Tatum his super max extension as well. Um, even though they already gave him a, a, a previous uh, max extension, he's going to be eligible for another one in a, a next year or the year after. Uh, I think that you can't build around those two guys if they're making it's 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 something we've seen in the NFL with paying quarterbacks, Arash, and it's starting to come to the NBA because of the now the new CBA rules where they're going to penalize more teams being over the luxury tax. And most teams will be over the luxury tax in a few years because you have to pay all the young guys that mm-hmm. are projected maybe stars most talented nba all around we've ever seen a lot of money so there's gonna be less cap flexibility if i was a gm i would trade brown um because you, you're already paying tatum you're paying marcus smart brogdon is 22 mil next year Horford's still on the roster and i would look for uh perhaps maybe a damian lillard uh i know that's you know it's a name that they, they want to build around him but if they got a jalen brown offer I'm not sure they could resist if it was, you know, for Damian Lillard. Then they could build around Brown. He could be the number one option, have a couple guys around him. But the Celtics are not going to do that. They're going to give Brown uh, that five-year, $295 million extension. He will be the highest paid player in the league. And they don't have much roster flexibility. I know they say Horford's old. They need another big, like maybe Nas Reed or Dwight Powell in free agency for the vet minimum. But they're not going to have, they're already $4 million into the luxury tax. You know, so it's one of those things where there's not a lot they can do except run this team back. And I think Missoula is keeping his job and you just got to hope Tatum and Brown can stay healthy and not not choke in big games in the playoffs. Has their championship window closed again, as you touched on, if they do the two things that you think that they will do? And I think the majority of people think that they will do. Joe Missoula effectively saved his job by forcing a game seven. That being said, I mean, we, we, we all agree that he's not a top-tier coach. If they bring back Jalen Brown at a contract that makes him the highest-paid player in the league, very top-heavy team at that point, 
Um, man, I mean, has their championship window closed? I mean, listen, if they run it back, I mean, they would be one of the top four or five teams in the league. But um, again, they've been in the hunt for a few years now. They've been in the conference finals last year. They were in the finals and they've, They've been at the, the doorstep here, but at the end of the day, they have not won a, a championship. Yeah, I don't think it's closed. Uh, you know, they had a historic year, regular season, top five in both offensive and defensive rating. Uh, Brown and Tatum were great. Brogdon was good for most of the year. I know he wasn't great this series. Derek White, obviously, uh, on contract. Marcus Smart. I know they're lacking a few bigs, but Robert Williams is a game-changer defensively, and he'll have a full season of probably health. He was injured most of this year, especially the first part of the year. So, I mean, I absolutely... And then you add in more experience for Tatum and Brown. I know we keep saying that. They've been the five Eastern Conference Finals, you know, one NBA Finals. Lost a lot, right? They're like the Niners. They keep losing in the Final Four, right? It's like... But at some point, Matt blowing up the team, unless you get a Damian Lillard, I mean, you're gonna you're not going to get even back there, right? So I, I think it's hard to ever put uh, you know limits on guys as talented as uh, you know Tatum and Brown. So I'm not going to say their window is closed. Although if they don't win a championship over the next couple of years, I think Tatum's a Laker. I oh, really do. I know that. I know that's like a oh, the, there's that. You know, Lakers Twitter thinks they're getting everybody, but, you know, his admiration for Kobe, he wanted to be a Laker. I know they, they picked Lonzo Ball, which by, at the time, don't get mad, Lonzo Ball is an excellent college prospect. That wasn't a terrible pick at the time. In hindsight, yeah, yeah maybe. Um, but I do think he will leave and go to the Lakers, and Boston fans are going to hate him if he doesn't win a championship over the next couple of years. Yeah, because it was so interesting. I mean, he loves Kobe so much in terms of, you know, the shirts he's worn and different things like that. Um well, listen, at the end of the day, I know a lot of people joke like, oh, you, you want to superimpose the Lakers jersey on so many players. The track record's usually correct, whether it's LeBron or Anthony Davis or Russell Westbrook or Carmelo Anthony or uh, Dwight Howard. I mean, you go down the list. I mean, generally speaking, at the end of the day, a lot of these star players do end up coming to Los Angeles. We'll see if that plays out. Before we go to break, and we'll talk about this more in the second segment, big news out of the league on Tuesday. Bob Myers leaving the Golden State Warriors. This has been rumored for quite some time. Um, now the kind of focus is on where he goes, and one of the top destinations is perhaps the Clippers. I mean, what kind of an impact does Bob Myers make, Brandon? Again, um, the Clippers are kind of set right now, but that that being said, I mean, this could be their guy for the foreseeable future. Again, Bob Myers did work alongside Jerry West to build Golden State into the team that they were. Could he reunite with Jerry West with the Clippers? Absolutely. I think they've had an eye on him um, a long time. I know Jerry's going to put his uh, input in um, to Steve about Bob Myers, and I think you make him the highest paid GM in all of basketball executive. I think you have to. And I know, what does that mean for Lawrence Frank? Well, either he's becomes the assistant of operations or he leaves. And yeah. Lawrence Frank is a great, is a great executive, um, but he's not Bob Myers. And I, I don't want to disrespect anybody, but Bob Myers is the best executive in basketball. And I think he could bring the Clippers their, their long awaited first championship. He'd be the guy to do it. It's like Theo Epstein when he went back to the, Cubs and he won them a championship after you know they were cursed. I can see Bob Myers doing the same thing. I would give him a blank check if I'm Steve Ballmer. 
What is Bob Myers? Again, just for those who don't get it, and again, this would be Bob Myers coming back home. Uh, he went to UCLA. UCLA, yeah. right? What What does a guy like him provide? Though? I mean, just just put into context real quick before we head to break. Why would you, if you're Steve Ballmer, give Bob Myers a blank check? Well, aside from orchestrating possibly the great two, three of the greatest rosters of all time. Um, he's the most well-respected GM, I think, in all of basketball. The opposing GMs like him. He's very charismatic. He always seems one step ahead of everybody. Um, and I think that's what you need as a GM. Um, I, I think he, he his track record just proves he's been the best GM. Drafting, signing people. Um, I know Wiseman over Ball wasn't great, but maybe a couple flaws in his in his uh, you know in his resume. But I think he's the guy that's willing to do whatever it takes to build a winner. And I think Steve Ballmer aligns with that mindset. Exactly. And by the way, no disrespect to Lawrence Frank. I am still amazed at the position he has because when Doc Rivers was effectively handed the reins of the Clippers, Lawrence Frank at that point was one of his assistant coaches that he basically placed in a position of GM power. And listen, I mean, the, the thought was for a long time, Doc is the de facto GM. Yes, Lawrence Frank is... But listen, it's really Doc. And so Doc plays Frank in that position. Um, again, love Lawrence Frank. But yes, listen, if you can get a, 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 if you can get a GM with a track record of Bob Myers, you have to do that. It's not even a question. Again, Steve Ballmer, when you talk about blank checks, that is a very big check. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Grant Molina. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 from the California, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Welcome back to the Rosh Markazi Show, presented by the Sporting Tribune, all on the Mighty Air 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment, just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Gets Hotline right now and join our good friend Grant Molina. Grant, how are you? Doing well, doing well. Uh, I think LA has breathed a collective sigh of relief a little <laughs> bit after that Celtics loss. Um, but yeah, we finally have a finals matchup. Exactly. We have two finals matchups. I was actually speaking of Circa at Stadium Swim yesterday at Circa. A big watch party there for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, we got to talk about that first, uh, Grant, before we go into all the other stuff. Uh the Vegas Golden Knights, again, they did not love the way that they played in games four and five of that series. Again, up 3-0, allowed the Dallas Stars to get back into it. Could have clinched a trip to the Stanley Cup final at home, did not. 
man, they they let the Dallas Stars have it. They they won six to zero in Game Six. They now advance to the Stanley Cup Final to play the Florida Panthers. Your thoughts on that dominant performance? Yeah, look, this is this is kind of what I thought that the the Knights would do in Game Four, um, but you know they they let the Stars have four and five. And, you know, when, whenever you let a team get two, especially a team, you know, look, the Stars are a very good, very good hockey team. I mean, it's, it's, I know I said that the Oilers are better than them, but that doesn't mean that they're, they're slouches either. When you let a team get two, you kind of get a little bit of a feeling in your stomach, kind of probably like the Heat did. Yeah. Um, and it's funny that, that now the, the Knights are playing another Florida team. They're playing the Panthers. Um, but yeah, look, the Knights had a dominant 6 0 win. I, I expected them to still get to the Stanley Cup. Um, it was just a matter in how many games. Um, that dominant performance is is kind of what I expected. Um, I expect them to to win the Stanley Cup this year. I really do. I think that they're a little bit better than than the Florida Panthers. And look, the Florida Panthers they they have a good run. They have a great team. They're an eight seed. Um, but I just think that the Knights have just more firepower in terms of talent um, at the top end. Uh, and I just think that the Knights. I don't know how many games because look. The Panthers and the Heat are kind of the same. They're yeah. playing kind of the same. They have the same kind of run. So I, the Panthers could probably take a few, and they could probably push it to seven if they get that far. But I think the Knights, in terms of pure talent that they have and the, the firepower that they have, I think that they, they should be the favorites in the series. By the way, you know, much respect to the Florida Panthers and the Miami Heat. If you're from Los Angeles, you don't like Boston. And the Florida Panthers went into Boston, beat the Boston Bruins after they had one of the more historic seasons in uh, league history. And then, of course, Graham, we have to talk about this because we touched on it um, heavily in segment one. The Miami Heat, again, take a 3-0 lead, game three, a dominant performance where you thought it was over, you thought it was going to be a sweep. The Celtics came back. Everyone who showed up to the game yesterday, last night, thought it was over. Listen, we've seen the Red Sox come back from 3-0 down. We've seen the New England Patriots come back from 28-3 down in the Super Bowl. This was about to, the Celtics were about to take their part in terms of being the first team in the history of the NBA to come back from 3-0 down in a series. And not only do they lose ground, they get blown out on their own home court. You have the thoughts on that game. Um, yeah, look, I, I always thought that if, if the Celtics got game six, that they would win game seven. That's just how, how confident I felt in, in their game. And, and it looked like they finally turned a corner. But, you know, as you guys have said in, in multiple shows in the past, is that the Celtics aren't great at home. They're around 500. Um, they lost three times in the series now on, at home. To, to the heat and yeah. as, as a, as a top seeded team and as a team with as much firepower and talent as the Celtics have, that's kind of inexcusable. And, and I, I didn't think that it would go down like this. I thought it would be a, a very competitive game. Um, but I did not think that the heat, I mean, look, the, give all the credit to the heat in the world. They played an excellent basketball game. Um, Jimmy Butler wasn't even that great. Ben Adebayo was not good, but you got Caleb Martin, who I think should have been Eastern conference finals, MVP, I mean, he was yeah. unbelievable last night. Um, he was unbelievable all series. In, in many ways, you could say that he outplayed Jalen Brown. Um, and that's kind of embarrassing coming from a guy that wants $50 million a year in his next contract. So, you know, for me, I think that the Heat, you know, like Brandon says all the time, they have moxie. They have that team where it has grit. Like, backs up against the wall once again, I think they proved that they would rather play with their backs up against the wall as opposed to being up 3-0. Um, and to go on the road, even, you know, I don't care what you say, what you want about the Celtics home record to go on the road in a game seven and put up that kind of performance is, is, is pretty good. Um, and 
you know, a lot of people are saying that, you know, the Heat have, have no chance against Denver and that, you know, D- Denver's already an overwhelming favorite in the finals, yeah. which they should be. I think that Denver's still going to win, but don't don't sleep on the Heat taking maybe a game or two, you know, and making every game competitive. I don't think that they're going to roll over in any of these games. It's going to be very difficult <laughs> to guard Jokic and Murray, but um, the Heat, ha- look, they've proven me wrong three times already. I thought they yeah. would lose all three series to get here, <laughs> and here they are. And they're going to get Tyler Hero back, too, in Game 3. So um, they're going to get even more offensive firepower. So, look, th- this series is going to be great. It's good for basketball. It's great for for narratives. It's Jimmy Butler against Jokic for their first ring. So there's a lot to to be happy about as a basketball fan. You know, people are saying it's a landslide favorite for Denver, but it's going to be a great competitive series regardless. Yeah. Yeah, and Grant, I wanted to ask you about Tyler Hero, right? Because do you think he's kind of mad that they went on this run without him? Because they were playing so inconsistent, inconsistent without him. I mean, he can't guard a parked car as good as he is offensively. And now he's coming back. Is it going to screw with the rhythm? Because Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin have been in a zone, and Duncan Robinson's been shooting off the bench. I know Hero provides offense, and you need that to keep up with Denver. But the defense will suffer. Yeah, I, I I was thinking about this earlier. Actually, who comes out of the rotation if you know when he, when Hero's inserted back in the lineup? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you start him or if you you know take. I th- I think you should take him off the bench. Um, in my opinion, I don't think you can insert him right into a starting lineup that quickly. Um, you know, especially with with the continuity that they want to have going into the finals and matchup wise, I think that Hero would get bullied by anybody in that starting lineup for Denver. Um, I think him coming off the bench. Look, Denver's bench was not good against the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. The Lakers bench was way better than them. It was just a starting five that dominated the Lakers. So that Denver bench is still iffy. If you bring a a, a twenty point per game score like Hero off the bench to play them. That's a win for the Heat, and I think that's what they should do. No matter what his defense looks like, you need offensive power to keep up with the Denver Nuggets. So, um, you know, I, I would not want to see a guy like Highsmith come out of the the rotation because, look, Highsmith was a really good energy piece for the Heat. He's a great defender. He can hit threes. He had a good game in game, I think, four or five, um, even though they lost. So, look, I, you know, I don't know who they take out of the rotation, but it's going to be a shame for one of those guys that's going to come out you, you may have to throw even Yurtseven, like we were talking about on Twitter with with me and Ar- you and Armon. Uh, you throw Jovic at him, maybe. You got to throw like the kitchen sink at him. So Hero just has to be thrown at the Nuggets to, to stand a chance in the series. You need that offense. Big yeah. story potentially for the Clippers, Grant. We'll see how this plays out. But word coming out earlier today, Bob Myers leaving the Golden State Warriors. has been a rumor for quite some time. One of the more amazing track records. You, know, you, you, you look at what he did. For Golden State in terms of who they drafted, who they signed, what they've done during his time period there. Big rumors are, of course, perhaps he's going to be rejoining Jerry West with the Clippers. Um, your thoughts there? I mean, again, what, what could the impact? And we'll see what happens. Again, the only domino to drop right now, Bob Myers is leaving the Warriors. Would he be the missing piece, I guess, for the Clippers? Um, yes. And, and, you know, the reason why I think so is because I just think you need a new mind in the front office. And I know that there's been a lot of injuries and injuries were, were basically the reason for, for the, the Clippers demise this year, but 
you know, roster construction was also an issue. And the fact that they traded Luke Kennard for Eric Gordon, aging Eric Gordon, um, when Luke Kennard showed to be a, one of the best three-point shooters in the league, that was, you know, an L for Lawrence Frank. And Michael Winger just went to the Wizards, so he will not be a part of the Clippers anymore. He's the Wizards' top guy now. So you have that missing piece from the Clippers, and Bob Myers is out there. Look, Steve Ballmer has been known to pay for what he needs. And he's said multiple times, if it helps me, I don't care how much it, it costs. I'm going to get it. And, you know, I think that Steve Ballmer can offer him the most money. Um, but, you know, the Warriors offered him a lot of money, too. There was a report that they offered him to be the highest paid GM or, or president in the history of the league. And he still walked away from it. So I think for him, it's about fit right now. He's, he said some, you know, in a couple instances that he wants to be more with his family. I don't know if the travel from, you know, I think the travel from LA to San Francisco, if he wants to do that route, is only about an hour. So it's really yeah. not that big of a deal um, if he wants to do that route. But in terms of basketball fit, he would bring just a new addition to this Clippers front office that's already loaded. The Clippers have a great front office, but to add this piece to you know that he'll get them in championship contention, he'll move the pieces around that need to be moved around, regardless of their chemistry, regardless of of you know what they need. Bob Myers has done that. He's moved guys regardless of fit to to make the team better. And you know, I think that 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 mindset in the front office can get the Clippers to where they need to be. Guys, let's also play this out. Again, I think we all are in agreement that the Denver Nuggets are going to win the championship. The only question is, you know, is it going to be five, six, maybe seven games? And then at that point, we kind of focus in on the summer in terms of the draft, free agency. Um, what are some of the big things to look out for? Again, in Los Angeles, everyone's going to kind of focus on the Clippers and the Lakers. Brandon, let me start with you. I mean, if Denver wins this year, I mean, are they in position to, to dominate for the next few years? Who, I mean, who can effectively go after them? Because again, Jokic wants to stay there. They got Jamal Murray. I mean, they, they're basically going to bring back a championship team. Who are some of the teams that can compete with them to win in the next season? Yeah, and I think people forget um, as well first before I go into it is that Denver the last time they had the full strength team and they didn't have Bruce Brown or KCP, they were in the West finals. They lost yeah. to a very good Lakers team. That was 57 and 0 entering the fourth quarter with a lead. Right. So <clears throat> that was the last time they were fully healthy. Now we're kind of seeing it full fledged with Bruce Brown, with Aaron Gordon, with KCP. However, I do think even if they win this championship, they could still be heavily exploited next year. There are ways to beat them. They only have six good players. I, I know that's enough right now because those six have been playing so well, but Jeff Green's your seventh man. Christian Brown's 20 years old. Uh, Peyton Watson's probably the next rotational piece. He's really good. He's young out of UCLA. Um, but they have some questions to figure out because what happens next year, even though they haven't proven it yet, if in a playoff series, Jamal Murray goes cold or you know KCP and Bruce Brown aren't the same players. Right, because that's possible. They're not going to shoot fifty percent from three every playoff series. I know Jokic is elite, and he'll stay elite, and so will Murray and Michael Porter Jr. But they have they couldn't have some cold days. And once they win a championship, I kind of feel like their disrespect that they think is put on them will be off of them. And I think that's when you can get them next year. And I think the Lakers are a team that could beat them. Um, I you know the West is going to be that much better, but. Let's be real. If the Lakers are fully healthy with, and they retain Reeves and Rui, they should win 50-plus games. They're going to not be a seven seed. They're going to be way more than that. Um, I think you go into not Phoenix, 
especially if they hire Doc Rivers. But uh, <laughs> Clippers, I mean, if they're healthy, Clippers are another team. Though Denver's the kryptonite for them. Um, I'm just thinking Memphis, maybe. But John Morant, is the whole thing. I think Memphis would have matched up really well against Denver, by the way, if they had played each other. But uh, Brandon, the the, the, the jaw thing is very interesting because I know a lot of time has passed. And maybe the league is doing this pur- purposely because, again, there's no rush but at the beginning, when that when that uh, you know clip came out of him holding a gun again, I mean, there was a lot of feeling of maybe them suspending him for half a season, maybe a quarter of the season. I mean, if that's the case, uh, you know, listen, they, you know, perhaps they, they find a way to make the playoffs, but probably not a, a top two seed. The the team that you're going to get great dodds for, because I think no one's going to be high on them or talking about them just because they've been burned so often by them, and Grant knows this very well, is the Clippers. And the fact of the matter is, if they're healthy, massive if, capital I, capital F, we get it. If they're healthy, you're still talking about one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team on paper. So, you know, uh, while I'll, I'll see it when I believe it, and we haven't seen it since 2020, if Kawhi's healthy, if Paul George is healthy, if they bring back that same core group, that's a competitive team. Grant, do you agree? I do agree. I just think that the Clippers, the way they're thinking is run it back another year. Like you got to go into the new arena with some type of stars, some type of allure. So I think they're still going to keep these two stars. A lot of Clipper fans all over the internet are saying, you know, we got to blow it up. You you can't do that right now. Let's calm down a little bit. You're not going to blow it up. The Clippers still have, like you said, an excellent roster on paper. And I know they're going to fill out around the edges too, especially if they bring in Bob Myers. Um, And I guess they're just going to bank on, I mean, they were healthy for half of a playoff run in 2021. And then 2020, they were healthy. They were just in the bubble and they blew it. So, I mean, they still have a great team on paper. It's just hard for me to to get them in the championship contention because I've done it the past four years with this core, and it just hasn't worked. Um, so, look, people also forget, you know, Dallas is going to make moves as well. They're going to put guys around Luka, and they're probably going to get Kyrie back. Um, you know, the Suns are going to add stuff around the edges, especially on their bench. So they're still going to be formidable. The, the West, look, the New Orleans Pelicans, they, we could be, say the same thing about New Orleans as we do with the Clippers. If they're healthy, they're probably formidable too with Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. So the West is immediately better than the East um, in terms of, you know, pure talent and, and the amount of teams that can win a title. That's why it's going to be so tough for the Denver Nuggets to repeat. And Bruce Brown is a free agent. I'm sure he's going to look for a lot more money, especially if they win the title. I think he'll look for as much money as possible. Um, So, you know, the Nuggets have a lot of question marks. Like Brandon said, this is kind of like a win it now. You got to win it now because next year it's not going to be any easier. Can we learn something? Yeah, sure. Yeah, go. I, I was just going to add, uh, I'm not, I, I don't care what the odds are. I'm not betting on the Clippers again. Every time I pick them every year, I mean, you're throwing your money down the the, the drain. Let's be real. They're never going to be you, healthy. I think you picked they're them. Cursed. Right? You did. I did. You did. I did. Yeah. They're, they're cursed. They're never going to win unless Bob Myers is the GM. If Bob Myers is the GM, I, I expect good luck to come their way. And watch the year we, we don't say they're going to win where we all like, oh, they suck. You know, they're going to get hurt. They are going to win the championship that year. That may be this year, but I'm not going to say it. I, I'm not falling for them again. Something's going to happen. Can we learn something from what's happened during these two runs? And, you know, listen, we've probably seen them more often in hockey, but again, heat, 
the eighth seed. And not only the eighth seed, again, they lose their first playing game to Atlanta, have to come back in the fourth quarter to 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 just make it into the postseason. And here they are in the finals. Again, we, we put so much pressure or a lot of expectations to win, you know, close to 60 games or 50 plus games, top two seed, top four seed, home court. The Heat are showing, does it really, or is this a one-off like aberration? Can you learn something from this Heat run? Uh, that, that's the thing because you have, it's so weird. This finals is like the battle of opposites, right? You have the Nuggets who spent all of their energy on getting the one seed and making yeah. sure that the regular season that they were, they had home court and everything. And then you have on the other end, the Heat who just barely scraped by in the regular season, get the eight seed, almost losing the play in tournament and now in the finals. So now, like for the NBA and for the fans and for organizations, it's you're you're torn apart because you don't know should we go the heat route and yeah. should we just let our role players dominate in the playoffs or should we go the Nuggets route and just dominate the regular season and dominate the playoffs like we're the one seed. So you know you could go either way. Now I think it's good for the for Adam Silver because because now he's like hey either way you're gonna you're gonna get to the finals you're gonna be competitive so try either way and you're still gonna be you know you're still gonna get viewership you're still gonna get you know all the all the attention so. For me, it's just a matter of, you know, what kind of team you have. I don't think anyone's going to replicate what the Heat did. The Heat have a very special group. You can't just say, oh, well, you know, maybe we can bank on our one star and a bunch of role players that didn't show up in the regular season to carry us. I don't think that happens unless you have a guy like Jimmy Butler. You have an organization like the Heat. You have a culture like them. Um, I don't think it's replicable. Um, so, But for Denver, look. I think that's replicable. Take as much care of the regular season as possible. Build a, a very good chemistry during the regular season, and it'll transfer over to the postseason. I mean, Brandon, again, we, we love it when our teams are top four seed, but when you look at this heat run, like Jeff's fine. By the way, we said this about the Lakers. Just find a way to get into the playoffs, and they had a similar run. Can you learn something from that? Yeah, I mean, I think what you can take away is the culture. Um, I think the Lakers, as much as they did change the culture once Westbrook left, they still don't have the same moxie, the same toughness as the Heat. I don't think any team does. It's nothing against the Lakers. Boston certainly doesn't have it either. Um, you know, so I think what has to be said is running your organization like the Heat. Hard-nosed, you know, guys that are going to give 40 minutes every game, not complain about injuries, go out there, go play hard-nosed 90s basketball. And I think that's hard to find. They only sign guys that are like that. They would never go after a guy that's quote-unquote soft, like a Harden or a Cat. Carl or Anthony you know, Towns. Carl Anthony yeah. Towns. Yeah, or Davis. They don't even want Davis. No offense to my boy. We love Davis, but they don't want a guy like that either. Yeah. I mean, so this, it, it, It's not replicable, replicable though. Like I said. love the culture, though. The, the, the heat culture. And, uh, and listen, it's always a good night. When you're from Los Angeles... Brandon and I felt the same way. A good night for the United States of America when the Boston Celtics could not only lose, lose on the parquet floor. That was a beautiful sight to see. Uh, Grant, you're the best. We'll have you back on very soon. Brandon, good to see you back. Uh, listen, look at uh, Brandon up there in wine country enjoying himself. I'll, I'll have to talk to him about that later. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.